1: Here. Actually, here. We are
2: back on another Whistle Fanatic Wednesday. We got a lot of basketball talk today, a lot of bucks, a lot of badgers, and the NBA yep. trade deadline is tomorrow. So we're also going to be discussing some trade deadline stuff with the Milwaukee Bucks and who we think they're going to go after, who we want them to go after. Um, mm-hmm. but we're going to start with the Badgers. And it's been it's been a touchy subject at best. And you know, we got the we got the split week with the Badgers. We'll start with the win from last week against Ohio State. So, Jake, what did you see against the Ohio State Buckeyes that stood out to you?
1: Uh, so, <clears throat> this game started with the Badgers on an 8 0 run. They allowed Ohio State to go on an 8 0 run. And then the Badgers responded, being up 17 to 10, really controlled everything in the first half. Um, they were making shots, they were playing a great defense. They looked exactly like the team that we wanted to see respond, you know, to all the losses that were piling up, at least from my end. Hi, Tim. How you doing? Um, second half comes around. Things start going the way that they have been going. Offense gets stagnant. Uh, offensive rebound, offensive rebound, offensive rebound. Um, extra possessions. Um, they're dribbling around for the entire possession, hooking up horrible shots. Um, you just look at the rebound. You know, I'm talking about offense rebounds. I should have wrote those down. My fault. Um, but we got a out rebounded 45 to 26. I mean, that's that that's can't bad. happen. That's that's a lot. I mean, double. That, <laughs> yeah. It, and if it was like if it was within like six eight, I wouldn't sure. point it out as much. But it, it's 20. Well, 19. Right. But that's a big number. You know. So. You know, when when you really break it down, I mean, this game got within two. I mean, thank God that the Badgers uh, played some really really clutch defense at the end, and they forced Ohio State to have sixteen turnovers while the Badgers only had eight. So that was probably one of the key factors, in my opinion, to why they won this game. This game got within two. The Badgers made a couple free throws. Well, Chucky Hepburn, his <laughs> the two free throws he made. I swear to God, yeah. they, touched every, they touched every part of the damn rim, and I was like, please just fall. The first one, I was like just just make the first one so I can just at least know that it's at least tied if they make some bullshit, you know? And he makes the second right. one. And I'm like, all right. And you know what? I can just relax now again because, you know, I'm watching this. I'm cooking dinner. I'm watching. I turn the TV because we can see it in the kitchen, and I'm just like, my God, they are blowing us. <laughs> this is horrible. But they ended up holding on to the wind. So, like, like you said before, uh, they don't count how. They count how many. So, this was another yep. one on the notch in the belt. But um yeah, obviously the woes from the second half went to the Northwestern game, but we'll get there in a sec. All right. So I liked the I like the action
2: that they opened this game with, and this is something I'm gonna continue going on when I talk about some of the things to potentially improve on. But they started this game by running Connor as off of a bunch of screens. He had five points in the first minute of the game, and Max Klesman hit a transition three. Uh-huh. So the Badgers, they got they got moving around a little bit in the beginning of this game. That felt like a – it almost felt like a new team just by uh-huh. having just, just those subtle tweaks. And that's all I'm really asking for. I'm not asking for a complete overhaul to the entire program, the entire system. I'm really just looking for tweaks. Like last week I brought up um, sending some guys for offensive rebounds. It's uh-huh. just like just some subtle things that the Badgers can take from losing games by two, three, five points to winning games by two, three, five, seven points. And that's really, you know, obviously like people are going to continue harping on the free throw thing, but that's been a consistent problem for about a good month and a half now. So we might just have to accept that the Badgers are going to be like a 65, 70% shooting team at the free throw line and start looking at other ways to improve the team outside of just complaining about the same thing every single game. So beginning of the game, a little bit of transition, a lot of screening. Um, I want to give two things with Chucky Hepburn. One, one good, one constructive. Um, one, he did. He got off of a screen uh, with the ball in his hands, dribbling, and he did a really good job of keeping a defender on his back. Um, that's just a, that's a great that's a veteran move um, to be able to keep that defender on your back, not let him get back into the play, and basically just you know have the um, look at the basket without the defender contesting your shot.
0: Mm-hmm. The
2: other thing is I want to see Chucky Hepburn after he makes an entry pass on an offensive possession. I want to see him cut to the basket or or run and set a screen for the guard on the other side. We see a lot of Chucky Hepburn, Max Klesmick, Connor Asijin sets. If Chucky Hepburn is entering the ball to Connor Asijin, Goal set a screen for Max Klesman. Cut to the basket, something instead of just passing and then standing there waiting to get it back. This is something yeah. I brought up like two or three weeks ago. I brought it up with with Chucky Hepper and that he passes the ball and he just waits to get it back. Oh, mm-hmm. um, well, this is my this is my college basketball coach. Uh, boo boo, he needs to retire. Guys, been playing college ball for like seven years. Coach, I'm sure that's the exact way that Nebraska felt about Brad Davison for the last 11 years. Yeah,
0: for real. <laughs> Basketball.
2: <laughs> but yes, I agree. Boo-boo, he needs to move on. Um, just like I'm sure if I was a Northwestern fan, I, I would think that his name is cool, but because I'm not, it annoys me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. So back to the Ohio State game. Um, Stephen Crowell dunked on a guy.
1: He did. He did do that.
2: That was awesome to see. Stephen Crowell started this game 5-for-5 in the first half, and I think the biggest thing that I noticed with Stephen Crowell was that he was being decisive. As soon as he got the ball, he was doing something with it. You know, we didn't see a whole lot of the possessions of, you know, back to the basket, dribble, 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 two more dribbles, and then, you know, a jump hook or something like that. Like Stephen Crowell was – Quick, he caught the ball and within three seconds he was either moving it or you know two dribbles and getting a shot. So that decisiveness from Stephen Crowell was something I'd like to see continue. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're going to talk about it in the Northwestern game that it wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Bryce Sensabaugh incident. I personally don't think it was as big of a deal as some people made it out to be. Um, to me, it was more of just a frustration thing. Um. I you know it was something to me that it wasn't like an egregious thing. You know, it wasn't like a dirty play trying to hurt somebody. In my mind, it was more of a frustration type push. Um, however, Holtman, Ohio State's coach, is starting to enter some Fran McCaffrey territory. Yeah. He's not quite that bad, but he acted Fran McCaffrey tonight or in that game. I shouldn't say tonight. I agree. Game. I, in I, I that understand. Game. Yeah. Um, Coach asked, okay, serious question. Does Chucky e. Hepburn need to be the guy to shoot the final shot to tie or win a game? Personally, I still say yes, but it just needs to be a better quality shot. I agree with pretty much word for word with what Greg Gard said, that Chucky you know, is a guy that you trust to take the shot, but it just needs to be a better shot. It was, I want to say, like the second or third last possession that the Badgers had. Chucky e. Hepburn got a screen from Stephen Crowell, both the screen defender and and Crowell's defender stayed with Chucky Hepburn. He had Chucky – he had uh, Stephen Crowell wide open on the three-point line. And instead he chose to drive and then ended up shooting a step back that he missed short on that possession. So it's just that that balance of getting better shots is where I'm at with Chucky Hepburn at the end of games. Um, getting into the um, – what's up, Dan? Getting into Ohio State free throws and Chucky Hepburn gave the Badgers a 16-point lead. Um, at some points in the first half. My coach agrees with everything I say. It's sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Klezman had six points in the first four minutes of the second half, so it's good to see Max Klezman getting going after coming back with his injury against the last pencil game. We have a rematch up tonight. Uh, Connor Esedian had a drive to the basket, did a behind-the-back dribble, and then got a layup out of it. And then he had another driver. He drove to the basket, um, got his shot blocked, but he stayed with the play, grabbed the ball, and put the ball back before he even came down with it. Uh, Definitely, definitely, Coach. said taught me well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, the thing, you know, it's not necessarily even that the Badgers just blew the lead. Like, we know that they go through scoring droughts at times, but it was really, honestly, like – Oh, God, this is really not a sentence that's going to be fun to say. I give credit to Ohio State for making their free throws and scoring in transition.
1: Yeah, I wasn't going to say that. Fuck that. (laughs) I ain't giving credit. I'm not giving them credit for shit, man. Uh, It feels gross. I'm sure it does. Um,
2: Max Klesmith drew a charge, kind of helped get the momentum back for the Badgers. And, you know, I want to bring up something on the subject of missing free throws. One of the guys who's really struggling this year, especially compared to where he was last year, is Tyler Wall. And I Mm -hmm. think I'm going to echo this when we talk about our Northwestern game, is that he just doesn't seem to be himself. No, the confidence
1: is not there,
2: 100%. It's not the only thing that I think that's not there, but I'm going to save a little bit of that for the Northwestern game when we're talking about some potential improvements um, to give Chucky some credit, he was three for four on free throws in the last thirty seconds of the game. Um, the Badgers forty one point eight percent on field goals in the Ohio State game. Not great, obviously, but we. I want to try to cultivate a mentality of not comparing college basketball stats to NBA stats.
1: It's not even close. I don't. Know I really, really, really want to get away from that. Why? Why? Why do we do that? Why?
2: I think it's just a thing where people are like, you know, they're in the mindset of, you know, NBA teams should be shooting 50 from the field, you know, 36 from the three and 80 from the free throw line, and it's really in college it's much more like 45 30 33 and
1: 75 is
2: really where I'm, you know, looking at
1: it. Um, I get that, but like you're comparing kids, like literal kids to professionals. Yeah. Right. I understand that some of the some of the professionals are kids too, but like right the superstars are not well you're, you know, you're looking the at the
2: you're looking at a concentration of talent in the NBA so yeah. I just you know it's it's much more diluted in the college because there's more colleges right um, right, right. there's professional teams obviously right, right so I really really want to try to make that distinction on our show is to to distinguish between the college stats and the NBA stats I really think that's important and I think that's going to help uh, potentially change some of the um some of the general feelings in the fan base is if they can make that mm-hmm. distinction, like say, Hey, we can't be judging college student athletes on an NBA, you know, expectation scale. Yeah. Yeah. Scale. So Connor Sejan was five for 10 Chucky Hepburn five for 14, not the best Stephen Crowell, six for 10, very efficient. Max Klezman four for nine, not bad. Tyler wall two for 10 that's where the efficiency needs to pick up. And if it does, I think that's where we're going to get back into the, the Badgers teams that we saw play against Kansas and USC and the early team that was up to 14th in the rankings at one point. Um, I really think Tyler wall makes a big difference in that. Um, So the Badgers did struggle from the field, but they did distribute well, nine assists on 23 field goals. Again, it doesn't sound like a lot, but college basketball versus the NBA, it is different. Um, especially for a team like the Badgers that plays through the post as much as they do and run a lot of isolation with that. Um, yeah, James, I did play college basketball. I only played for one year, but that's uh, Scott Farr that's commenting on there. That's that's my college basketball coach. All right. You ready to get the ugly game out of the way?
1: Been ready. <laughs> we, we literally... like literally when i was going into this episode i'm like i just want to get to the goddamn northwestern game and then i'm gonna be okay i mean after we get through this we get to talk about the trade deadline
0: and then we talk
2: about the bucks who so on like a really great winning streak so, I, like, we know, I, know. That golf I know awesome can't wait all right so <laughs> what stood out to you from the northwestern game
1: uh, so first thing i wanted to share i found this this stat um so it says the drop-off in Badgers free throw shooting. So I'm really glad that you brought it up in your portion for Ohio State. The drop-off in the Badgers free throw shooting since the 11-2 and two start is stunning. UW was at 69.9% through 13 games. Right. Nice. Uh, <laughs> UW is 56% in their last nine games. So they've dropped 13% from the free throw line. And I grew up with two rules. And when I, when I was learning basketball, okay. both of them came from my father. One was, if they don't score, you can't lose. So always put all of your heart in defense. Okay, okay. I like that. Yeah, that's one thing that I've always, you know, and me and you talked about it when we talk about Badgers football and, and any sport, really. We love defense. Like, mm-hmm. we put our heart and our soul yeah. in defense because that mm-hmm. is what wins championships, right? And everybody knows that rule. The next okay. one that I always grew up with is free throws win games. And if you watch any of the Wisconsin Badgers' losses, the, the really shitty ones, I mean, they got blown out by Indiana, but some of the really close losses, simple things like free throw shooting and, you know, boxing out and rebounding, those are things that could have won games for this Wisconsin yep. Badgers team. Those, those, are, those are fundamental things that you should be doing if you are a, at least a mediocre basketball team, right? Yep. Not, you don't even have to be great. If you just do the, the little things good, you, you'll be good.
2: You know, those to me, those are like the skeletons of a basketball team. Yeah, 100%. Like that's, that's the foundation of your house. You know, that's, yep. you know, that's the, that's the first page you start with mm-hmm. when you're forming a basketball team and it's taking care of the ball, boxing out, making free throws. Those are, yeah. those are the three things for me. Um, mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's really
1: where I'm at with that. I hundred um, percent agree with you
2: hundred percent yeah, like. so that's pretty much where I stay with it. um so you know, I'm just gonna I'll leave it at that because obviously, like I track the fundamental failures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit harder to find all those things for basketball all the time, but
1: I will yeah the the point yeah. of turnovers is tough to find. I mean, right. you could find it with NBA pretty easily, but yeah, college, right. man, for some reason, college is just like very secretive on their <laughs> stats, man.
2: Yeah. Like the advanced buttons, ones. So
1: at they least. To look
2: and I'll see you, if they
1: have it. You have to like catch it during the game and like write it down right. in like 0.2 seconds or you're not going to get it. It's, it's weird. But uh, yeah. the Badgers offense was just not working. Just a lot of dribbling, a lot of, you know, forcing up bad shots. And, you know, all that stuff is fine and dandy. They're not going to be perfect. They're not going to grab the ball and shoot the ball in, in eight seconds and make a three-pointer or find an open layup. But, you know, especially with the Badgers offense, the motion offense, with, you know, post touches and moving around on top and back cuts. And the Badgers, I'm going to propose something. I want I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. How do you feel about move, moving Steven Crowell to the four and just getting a straight-up defensive-minded center?
2: Okay, now...
1: That's, I'm just putting it out there. I'm not saying it has to happen. I'm totally fine with it,
2: and I've seen this on Twitter discussed this way a lot, is that the Badgers miss Chris
1: Vogt. They just need a guy to grab rebounds. That's all I'm thinking about. See, not, not even like, like just the very first just get rebounds.
2: The very first impact, what I thought with Chris Vogt, was remembering the games last year where he had like five total rebounds, but three or four of them are offensive. Yep. That's that's why that's such a big thing for me is, like, the offensive rebounding. Chris Volt was a guy who was really big with that. Like, Jordan Davis is doing what he can, but, like, Jordan Davis isn't going to go get us three offensive rebounds a game. He might get us two in one game and, you know, one the next and, you know, average one offensive rebound a game. But he's not going to average, like, three
1: offensive rebounds a game like Chris Volt did for the Badgers last year. I agree. It's It's missed. It is. Uh, those extra possessions. Um, yeah, the only reason I was saying that, because um, I was thinking about it, and I did see the Chris Volt thing, but that's not what triggered me. The reason I was saying that is because the way that the Badgers play, I think a little bit more size on the floor would be something that could help. Sure. You know, especially, I agree. When, you know, like you said, with offense offensive rebound, that would definitely help, just having some longer arms out there. And, you know, I don't want to take Tyler Wall off the floor necessarily, but, Right. Maybe, maybe having him with a bunch of minutes, a six man, and just tell him like, "Hey, you're the engine that's going to make this second unit go." I think that could be a great thing for this Badgers team, too. in My opinion.
0: Yeah, they, they could he,
1: use another ball handler, though. I won't lie
2: about that—a a backup point guard—and that's what we had hoped yeah. from Jacoby Neath, and mm-hmm. we just never really got it because he's dealt with so many injuries over the over the course. Kind yeah. of course. Kinda sucks. Um, it, yeah, and it, it is what it is. Um, so. Yeah. I mean it is what it is. That's yeah. So I pulled up the fundamental failures. I was able to find them where I get them for the NBA games as well. Um oh. not really what I expected to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um Ohio State game, nine missed free throws, 12 points off turnovers for Ohio State, eight second chance points. That's 29. Uh against Northwestern, six missed free throws eight points off turnovers and four second chance points. That's only 18.
0: Hmm.
2: So, so the, had, to me the big difference was
1: the field goal
2: percentage.
1: Yeah. And the, and the lack of, still the lack of dribble drive ability, I think really hurts the Badgers. That, that is number one for me, the lack of ability to attack from the perimeter because and i think that you made a great point with uh, hepburn not to interrupt you but i no, think you made a i think you made a great point with hepburn it doesn't make the defense move when he just stands there right so that's easy to defend us right there cuz you know like oh okay well if he's right here he's either going this way or you know he's got to get a screen this way you can figure that out on the fly in a game right. you know a good defender and then you know the lack of us being able to go inside, pierce it from the inside, like you. You give Grace and Allen credit for. I'm just giving you all the credit today, credit <laughs> Gray, Allen. Just Grayson wait Allen's for the
0: trade
2: stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna be more braggadocious about myself. So <laughs> I, you already
1: told me um, his ability to break down a defense and get inside. Like people like don't understand what that does. And nope. Grayson had one. God, what game was it? Jesus, what well, it might have been the heat game. Grayson had one driving from the right side, gets in the middle of the paint. The entire defense breaks down around Grayson and Giannis, and he finds Pat Connaughton wide open. Why is that, that the guy you mean. leave wide open? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> but could the, you imagine Connor Sejan getting that wide open of looks? That's what I'm saying about the dribble drives, you know. And I think I think Klesman's a better shooter than he's than he's shown as well. Oh, I agree. You know, I think that if he if we had a guy that could get into the paint, break down the defense, and kick out to yeah. him, you know, getting some wide open looks and rhythm, I think that could that could completely turn this Badger season around. But we just don't have that guy, and it's really sad. You know, Jordan Davis is a nice player in in a lot of areas. He didn't get the the ability to be tough and get to the rim. That's the one thing. Like, if I was going to give him one thing from his brother, that's the one thing I would give him.
2: Off the dribble.
1: Yeah. Um, Man, it just sucks. I mean, it is what it is. But people talking about the Badgers are out of the dance already, they're not. I mean, they got a small chance. But, Tyler, how many times are we going to have to have this goddamn conversation? We did it with the Brewers. We did it with the Packers. They're not done yet. They're not done yet. They could literally rip off the next five. Who the fuck knows? If they're all by one point, I don't care. That's five wins. I do they don't not have care, How many? Exactly. So, so to all those people that are like, "Oh, it's over. They're not going to make the dance. Oh, our streak is over." Like, no. Turn it's your not
2: TV off yet. until April.
1: Yep. And I don't want to hear you. I I literally blocked three people this week because I just don't want to see their shit anymore. I'm it's, just sick of it.
2: It's like you just said. How many times have we had this discussion? <sighs> I mean, literally the last two seasons that ended, we had this discussion for the last what three weeks of each of the seasons,
1: at least.
2: <laughs> I mean, well, the Packers we we did it for like the second entire half of the season, but the Brewers, you know, it. Like, why count them out? What's the what's the harm of just hoping they can do it and waiting to see if it happens? Yeah. Like, do you like there's no satisfaction to be gained if the badgers miss the tournament and you get to say, oh, back on February 8th, I already counted them out. Like that's that satisfaction of being able to say I told you so is, is so not worth the potential optimism you could have from now until the end of the Big Ten tournament.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like it's not worth it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That, that 15 seconds of dopamine you get from saying I told you so is not worth being negative for the next month.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: agree. It's not. So Badgers of Northwestern free throws continue to be an issue, and this is why I'm saying like we might need to just look at other things instead of just harping on the same thing every single game. Well, if the badgers made free throws, well if the badgers made free throws. There's nothing there's nothing instructive about that. We know it's an issue, it's on the top of the list for things to fix. We need to continue to find more ways to potentially overcome some of those issues. Mm. That's that's gonna be one thing that I'm really focusing on over the next month of the season is looking at aside from the obvious stuff, which is free throws currently, what else can the badgers do to improve their record and just to win games, period. Um Connor Siegen got off to a slow start, um, missed his first four shots, hit two of his next three, got going a little bit. Um, Northwestern, this frustratingly, they were getting a lot of second and third chances, but the second chance points don't show that. They were not capitalizing a lot of those second chances. So this is a game where the Badgers lost by two, and you can go, oh, the Badgers missed six free throws. They easily could have won this game. They easily could have lost it by ten as well. Yeah. So, you know, it is – you know, two sides of a coin there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I'm back to, you know, my thing with how the Badgers can improve is more ball movement, quicker ball movement, and more screens. That's really what I want to see from the Badgers offense. Yeah. That's Those are the two main things. It's quicker ball movement and more screens.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, second half, Chucky Hepburn hit a deep three-pointer, to tie the game at 26 Connor Sejan gave the Badgers their first lead. He was really heating up. Um, Chucky Hepburn was feeding off of that, was turning up the defense. Um, Chucky Hepburn then ended a 7-0 run by Northwestern with a 3. The Badgers, they just need to sustain. It feels like just one big run a game. Like if the Badgers can just get one 8-10 run in a game, that they'll win some of these games that they're losing. And it's just that they either can't get the offense or they can't get the stops just consecutively to go on a sustained run. This game was indicative of that. Mm-hmm. The same same thing in this game. Um, Chucky Hepburn did give the Badgers back the lead, but um, his, his shot selection is – like I don't want to be super harsh and say like Chucky Hepburn's shot selection is terrible or he sucks or like people are saying that like he's not a – a D one college basketball player, or he shouldn't be a starter. Like that's the extreme that people are going to. And that's not the case. Like the very worst thing that I would say about Chucky Hepburn is that his shot selection is poor at times. Yeah. That's at times. I don't feel that he's, his shot selection is always poor, but it is at times. And some of his late game decision-making has been questionable. And here's what I would suggest with, those being overly critical of chucky hepburn is to just think of this as a learning experience for him. Yeah. Because and you said this the other day when you and I were talking and I want to give you credit for it is that this season regardless of how it ends, let's say the badgers miss the tournament. This season will be a learning season for a lot of players. Oh, chucky yeah. Hepburn, Connor Seagient, Stephen Crowell. Chucky e. Hepburn's only a sophomore. Stephen Crowell, pretty sure he's a sophomore. Um Connor Siegen obviously a freshman. Isaac Lindsay is a sophomore. These guys are all going to be able to take a heaping scoop of learning opportunity from this season, regardless of how it ends. I agree. So Badgers, this game, 38% from the field. Chucky Epburn was 6 of 15. Connor was 5 of 14. Now here's where I kind of draw the line on the difference between the Ohio State game and the Northwestern game nobody else took more than six shots yeah Chucky Hepburn and Connor agent took 60% of the Badgers shots in this game and we saw it with the previous game I mentioned that Stephen Crowell was six for ten he only had six shots in this game that that to me Stephen Crowell is one of the Badgers three best players he needs to get the ball more
1: I agree 100 percent
2: and you know the Badger's we're doing really, really well, and they built their lead against Ohio State by getting the ball into the post. And you can work that inside-out action, which I'm a big fan of, especially if the ball is moving quickly. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: so, give the guy the ball, let him get some shots. And and I'm not saying that we need to take shots away from Connor and Chucky, but it's just that's where that shot selection comes into play.
1: So it's let you- me couple let me couple two of your points together real quick. Yeah. One. You know, like I said before about Chucky moving and moving the defense, when you throw the ball down into the post, the primary defense where, where the key is on the defense moves. So yeah. not even not even him getting a shot, you know, him just getting the ball in the post, mm-hmm. that gives the defense something to think about. So now that big man's thinking like, all right, I got to be ready. They might, they might swing it back and it might go back to crowd. So he might just be a half a second late rotating yeah. over on a back cut. So even if he doesn't shoot the ball, which I, yeah. I agree 100% that he needs to shoot the ball more, even yeah. if you just get it down there, you know, to yeah. him or, or Tyler Wall, who Tyler Wall is a little bit of an underrated passer, in my opinion. I agree. Um, when he's feeling himself, when he's actually Tyler Wall that we've come to know and love. Yeah. So I think, I don't know what needs to happen, but maybe he needs to go in that dark room with Rodgers for a couple of days because. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing when the ball goes into the post, is that basically
2: every single perimeter defender takes two steps away from the guy they're guarding. Exactly. So, kick out. If we can, and I think Tyler Wall would be better at this than Stephen Crowell, is if you can get Tyler Wall, the ball in the post, on the block, get him Mm -hmm. to take two dribbles and look over his shoulder, if he can make that over-the-top pass to a guy like Connor Sejan or even Max Klezman, you're looking at some really quick swings and those guys potentially getting some open shots.
1: Yeah, or... Like that could be an opportunity where you know they throw it to him. You get a pump fake. You get a you get a you know a half-ass breakdown on a defense, and all of a sudden that's a flyby.
2: I'm about to draw you a picture
0: right
1: now. <laughs> I'm gonna draw you a picture.
2: We like art. I want to see this. I want to draw a play for the Badgers right now, Greg Gard. If you're watching, check this shit out.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: What's Dr. Tyler got on board for us here?
2: If I had a dry erase board handy, I would use it. And excuse me for my terrible drawing, but I'm trying to do this quickly. All right. So you got Tyler Wall on the block, Connor Sejan out on the wing, Chucky Hepburn at the top. You have Tyler mm-hmm. Wall backing down. Like I just said, you can look for, for Connor Sejan on that pass over the top. Let me do you one better. If if Connor Sejan's guy is, like I said, say two steps off of him, you have Chucky Hepburn go set a screen for Connor Sejan. Have Connor Ossijin come towards the top of the key and then Chucky Hepburn fade to the wing. So you're looking at this now. Where is this circle defender gonna go? That right there is gonna get an open three for either Chucky Hepburn or Connor Sejin because Chucky Hepburn's guy is gonna stay with him. If this guy, this circle guy, goes with Chucky Hepburn here, Connor is gonna be wide open here. If he follows Connor Sejin, then Chucky Hepburn should be open over here, and you have one pass and an open three-pointer. There, I just drew up a play for the Badgers' offense. You're welcome.
1: Well, here, here's the here's the counter to that. If they switch, you might get a guy that can't stay with Chucky on the perimeter. So if you swing it back out, sure. then you then you just created a mismatch. So people are going to say, well, what if you play switching defense? You might get a guy that 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 coaching staff did not want on Chucky. You know, because he he he's a little bit slower going to his right, and Chucky attacks him with his left hand, gets to the rim. That's a layup. So just simple things like that, man. Like, come me on, and you should coach a basketball team together someday. Well, I am coaching a basketball team right now, and we are currently undefeated, number one team in the league. So I'm feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when when we move closer, you, me, and you can coach them together. All right, sounds good. Looking okay, forward to that.
2: So- I brought up Stephen Crowell not getting more than six shots in this game. And I brought up a couple of of things with the Badgers record. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So the Badgers are eight and four when Stephen Crowell is in double figures. Mm. The Badgers are six and two when Stephen Crowell takes more than six shots.
1: Okay. Okay. I
2: mean, it's not a hundred percent correlation, But to me, that's a pretty strong standout statistic.
1: Okay, I'm with that. So, So, as far as
2: wins and losses go, Stephen Crowell is very important to the Badgers. And if he's not being utilized, it's going to be harder for the Badgers to win. Great. So, this is painful. Tyler Wall, he's still playing really good defense. So, he is still himself defensively. But he's not himself offensively. Yeah. And this is rough. His finishing at the rim percentages, he's down 20% since last year. That hurts. That's exactly what I was thinking. That one hurts. 20% lower at the rim last year than this year. Jesus Christ. That's rough. So the offense needs work. Chucky needs to improve just some of his late-game decisions. I'm not mad at Chucky Hepburn. I just want him to learn from it. Is where I'm at. Like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say Chucky Hepburn shouldn't be on a D1 team or he shouldn't be starting, or Chucky Hepburn's not the guy. Like Chucky Hepburn's still the guy, just needs to become a better basketball player. He's got the skills. Now it's it's time to turn the basketball IQ up. We had the same thing with Giannis over the last five years. Mm -hmm. We know he has the physical ability. Now it's time to turn up the IQ and become the next level basketball player. That's where Chucky Hepburn's at, in my opinion. Yep. Now, I'm going to say this, and I think there's maybe one player that could maybe make a case for it. But if we're talking about players reaching their potential, I think Chucky Hepburn has the highest ceiling on the Batters.
0: Oh.
1: Oh. Huh. Damn. I really want to say a season. I'm not going to lie to you.
2: And I and that's the that's the only guy that I was thinking of who the argument could be
1: made for, and I wouldn't be like no, but if if the Badgers had a guy that can roll to the rim with Chucky, where like it was like almost a mismatch every time that they got the ball down low, not every time, I think I would 100% go with Chucky. But since we don't kind of play that basketball, and oh god, I'm so mad. I'm backtracking. I'm sorry. Why did I not bring this up last week? Why the hell do the Badgers never run high pick and roll? That's like the number one play in basketball right now. High pick and roll. That is the number one way to guarantee your point guard is getting a mismatch. Number one. I don't know why they don't run that. And they could run that with Tyler Wall because he's a little bit quicker and he could still finish down low. And you would be Mm -hmm. getting Tyler Wall running towards the rim. True. I should have said that last week. I apologize. I had it written down and I did not say it. All right. I was just like, wow, I blanked so, in that moment. Here's
2: my thought. Uh, Bill said he was also thinking of CeeJean. Now, let me let me articulate why I say Chucky Hepburn. Because I think if we're talking about reaching their potential, I think Chucky Hepburn is a guy that can get you 20 points and 5 assists. Okay. And reaching their potential, I think Connor's CeeJean is a guy who can get you 25 points and 30 once in a while. Now, here's where the distinction comes in for me is that Chucky Hepburn is also going to guard your opponent's best perimeter player. That's fair. Connor Siegen currently, as he is, he's got to be hidden on defense a little bit. That's fair.
1: I mean, I want to I give Connor a year in the weight room, let him get acclimated a little bit. Fair, and, that's,
2: and if we're talking a year from now, my opinion could be totally different.
1: Oh, 100%. And I'm not saying that it has to stick that way, but right. – um Chucky kind of came in, and he already kind of had the body that he, that he has. He was already – he already had the shoulders and stuff a little bit. So, that's the difference between them already on the first day of just looking at them, right? But I think in today's game, the three-pointer and stretching the defense is so valuable. Mm-hmm. And not that Chucky can't be a valuable three-point shooter, but he also has to be the playmaker. Mm-hmm. Ah, God, that is fucking tough, dude. I'm not going to lie to you. I would still probably lean a season, but I am not mad at you at all for saying Chucky. Not at all.
2: It's it's the two way thing for me.
1: I agree with that.
2: All right. Um. Is I mean, is there anything else you really want to say for me? I mean, the biggest thing between the win and the loss was the discrepancy in Stephen Crowell touches. That's the biggest thing for me.
1: No, nah, I think the last thing I think I'll say. You know, obviously the Badgers play tonight, and they play. They play three games between now and next week so I think now is the time not for soul searching but it's like it's it's nut up time it's like all right it's time to win some goddamn games or if we're the team that we think we are this is what the leaders are saying to everybody else if we're the team that we think that we are let's go win some goddamn basketball games because they're fully yep. capable of still running off wins
2: oh yeah for sure I and mean, we saw it at the beginning of the season like i said you know, what, six, six and a half weeks ago, they were ranked number 14 in the country. Yeah. I predicted, just saying, <laughs> that the Badgers would get ranked and then people's expectations would skyrocket and then they would struggle and people would freak out. Here we are. Yeah. So, Badgers play Penn State tonight. They play at Nebraska on Saturday and then they're <laughs> home against Michigan on Tuesday. That's and crazy. I'm going to predict a whole cool week. Strictly because I believe the Badgers will beat Penn State, and I believe that they'll beat Nebraska. Um, I cannot express to you how badly I just want to beat the absolute shit out of Michigan on
1: Tuesday. If we don't get a goddamn 2-0 day on Tuesday, I'm going to be fucking livid, dude, because the Bucks next play the Sunday. It'll be State. rough if, the bad,
2: if, if we don't get at least one, if not two wins next Tuesday.
1: My soul needs two wins. <laughs> I need two wins on that day so bad. I'm gonna also say three and Um Penn State, solid team. They got uh was the his name? They got that one freaking guy Pickens or whatever his name is. Um, he's a beast. Um, Nebraska, eh? But Michigan, I think. I think if the Badgers can get two in a row and start feeling a little bit better, confidence is feeling good. Mm-hmm. Shooting the ball a little bit better. I think that straight-up adrenaline, the crowd's going to be into it because it's in Madison. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that one could be a really, really – that could be a season-turner. If we mm-hmm. run off three straight and beat Michigan at home, that's a season-turner for us. I agree. I want to win that game so bad, and I hope oh. Hunter Dickinson shoots
2: one for 69 that game.
1: I hope he gets hitting his Hunter Dickinson.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm with that. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk some NBA. Let's get to the sure. trade deadline. The trade deadline is less than forty eight hours away. We're about, or not less than forty eight, less than twenty four hours away. Sorry, we're about twenty one hours away from the trade deadline. Okay. I want to get two thoughts from you. Um, okay. <laughs> Josh said Badgers need somebody like you,
1: big and ugly. All right, Josh, you son of a b. <laughs> All
2: right, uh, I would. Uh, I think Andrew Bogan on the on the Badgers right now. I'm not mad at it. Wow, Dick <laughs> joke's real mature, guys. Says okay, you, bro. <laughs>
0: yeah, right.
2: Mm. You take a look in the mirror on that one, Simon. <laughs> All right, so NBA trade deadline. I want mm-hmm. two things from you. Okay. One, I want to know what you want the Bucks to do. And two, I want to know what you think the Bucks are
1: going to do. Ah, these are two very different things. Just gonna tell you right Agreed. now yep. what I want the Bucks to do. And this is gonna sound insane, but I don't want them to do a goddamn thing. Okay. We have not seen this team fully healthy with right. with you know with the addition that the additions that we made in the offseason Bobby now got hurt when when Chris was coming back and before Chris right. was hurt and Bobby was playing so we right. kind of got two different and we haven't even really seen Chris be inserted into the starting lineup even really he's so played, that's a whole,
2: like 21 and a half minutes is the most he's played so far right.
1: so that that's that's a completely different conversation right there you know, Bobby comes back. He's the man back on the on the bench. And then you insert Chris, mm-hmm. you know, the 20 points, five mm-hmm. rebounds, you know, six assists, the steals, the shooting, whatever, into the starting lineup. That's a completely different team than the team that we've seen this entire year. And, right. yes, we've seen Chris and we've seen Giannis. But the thing – people never take this shit in consideration. They work out in the offseason and they get better at shit. Like Giannis literally said, and we talked about this last week, that he thinks he's better than he was last year. So yep. – um, you add
2: Chris team into this 60% thing. of what he's capable of
1: yeah you're still <laughs> fucking by the way so still from nuts. what I what I want them to do is not anything I don't want them to do a goddamn thing except get healthy if I could pick something I would say just get healthy okay. get healthy oh. and be ready for the playoffs which they already are I have no worry with leader like Giannis that this team is fucking ready to go I so know. the thing that I think they're gonna do I think they're gonna go out there They're going to bring in a petty little wing defender, a guy that plays defense. And they're just going to insert him in the lineup for a guy like Jason Tatum when we end up meeting them in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what I think they're going to do. And I'm not going to say that I'm going to be okay with it because I want to see what they send away. I want Grayson and I want Pat on this team. I Mm -hmm. swear to freaking God, yes, I'm on the Grayson train right now. Mm-hmm. If they trade Pat Connaughton, I will fucking riot. I will be, I will riot. <sighs> that would be. That's all I'm gonna say about that. That would be tough,
2: and I I don't think it's gonna happen. Like they they went out of their way to extend him, so yeah. like, you know, whatever you're getting back isn't gonna be worth what you're getting from him. I agree. So I'll I'll come back. Well, let me stay on Pat Connaughton for just a second because you know I've seen I've seen his name pop up and it's a scenario where even next year he's gonna be making like <laughs> 9.5 million
0: mm-hmm.
2: he's still not getting paid what he could get at nine and a half million in a world where Duncan Robinson doesn't play defense and makes 18 million dollars a year to shoot like what 38% from three that he's at this year and yeah. Pat Conton can shoot that. And play defense, versatile, like one through four,
0: mm-hmm. and as a
2: guy who will dive on the floor and give you six mm-hmm. rebounds a game, like give me Pat Connaughton for half the money. He's a winner. Joe Harris is another example of a guy who's making eighteen million dollars a year to do jack shit
1: for the Nets, bro. They,
2: they would literally got trade paid. Joe
1: Harris. Oh, a hundred percent. And you don't he think the, the, the heater against the Bucks. he could have. But he was trash.
0: that whole series. He was
1: horrible. He was horrible. Thank you, Joe. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, appreciate
1: it. Also, thank (laughs) you for cutting Javon Carter. I'll still thank you for that as well. Yeah, yeah, man. I forgot to bring that up, too, when we were talking (laughs) about giving him love last week.
2: (laughs) Good thing they got Goran Dragish for half of a month.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: for real.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But for me, on wants and needs, um, Mm -hmm. what I want is – to not trade anybody from the top eight in the rotation, so for me, that's the starting lineup of Drew, Grayson, Chris, Giannis, Brooke, and then Pat, Bobby, and Joe Ingles. After that, I'm I'm more I'm more okay, I'm more willing to do a trade, and you know, J- Bill agreed with you emphatically to not do anything um, on the think train. Like Ibaka is going to get traded. Um, and you know, that's, that's pretty much just a a doing right by Ibaka. Like he wants to be able to get some minutes somewhere. And if the bucks can do the Jordan, Laura, George Hill, Serge Ibaka, and second round picks for Jay Crowder, all in favor of that. If -hmm. they can do a scenario, like Bill got to my next guy is Matisse Stiebel. I actually just wrote, wrote about this today. Matisse Thibault is only making $4.3 million. The rumor is that the Bucks are reigniting their interest in Derek Rose. I would so much rather trade for Matisse Thibault. Obviously, he's way younger, way cheaper is the big thing. If the Bucs could trade Jordan Laura, Sergi Baca, and a second round pick or two for Matisse Thibault, done deal. He's guarding sure Tatum. In... Yeah, exactly. He's 6'5. Like the Bucks mm-hmm. had 6'1", Javon Carter, and 6'3". George Hill to throw at the at Jalen and Jason last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously mm-hmm. it didn't work for the Bucs. Nope. So having a guy who's 6'5, that's a much better scenario to be in. And a guy who's um, his career defensive rating is 106. And his current defensive rating, even though he's not playing much this year, is 109. That would be third best on the Bucks this year.
0: <laughs> third best. <laughs>
2: We are so goddamn good. Holy shit. You want to take a stab at the two guys who would, who have a better defensive rating than 109? Well, it's going
1: to be Giannis, right? Yeah. And oh, I got a pick of two. got to pick one of two guys. I'm going to say Drew.
2: Nope. Brooke. It's wrong. It's Brooke.
1: Damn it. Should have went with the
2: big man love. <laughs> Should have. Um, Josh said Robin return. No, I don't think so. Um. I mean, maybe we just bring him back so we can fight
1: Bango. I'm not sure. That could yeah, if, yeah, if you're worried about Kevin bringing in Robin Lopez would be a guy. To if he's just going to sit on the bench like Serge Ibaka is, fuck it. Just bring him in The rest of the goddamn my mascot. All Let's right. go. <laughs>
2: um, so, Bill, yes, I do think the Bucs could get Matisse Thibel without getting into the top eight. If the Knicks seriously think that the Bucks are going to trade them Grayson Allen for, Cameron, for Cam Reddish, like, they got the good stuff because that's not even remotely close to happening. Um, so where I'm at with predictions is the bucks are only going to do a trade. If it doesn't affect the top eight of their rotation, unless they can get a player who is going to affect their team more than already they're getting from those guys. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and really the only guy that I could see in that category would be Jordan Clarkson. And from all reports is that Utah wants to keep him. So that's That's not anything I think is going to happen. But really really what I'm thinking is just I think they're gonna try to get Jay Crowder. That's that's really what I think the Bucks are focused on. They're the only team that's been granted permission to speak with him, and I've heard the talks went well. So really that's what I think the Bucks are focused on, is just getting Jay Crowder. He's for... not getting any minutes with them right now, is he? But he's, he's sitting out. He's sitting. he's been holding out. Yeah. So the Suns are they're gonna trade him. Otherwise they risk just cutting him and getting nothing when they could get, you know, some expiring contracts and picks.
1: Yeah. Well, that could be a guy that we can get for pretty cheap, I think. You know, right. since he's...
2: he's the guy that I think the Bucks can get without dipping into their top eight in their rotation. Yeah, future. I agree with that. Um, James said, speaking of the Bucks, they're number one in the power rankings. Congrats on that, I guess. I mean, they're on an eight-game winning streak. It's hard to not put them at the top of weekly power rankings. Just like, yeah. you know, we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna do our power pair in a second here, and yeah, I think the sentiment is gonna be echoed in that as well. I just want to answer one of Bernard's questions because Bernard pops in here once a week with an Aaron Rodgers question,
0: and <laughs> I'm just gonna
2: I'm just gonna hit this one real quick.
1: Do you think Aaron Rodgers is weird? Do you want me to answer?
0: Yeah, because
1: every everybody's definition of weird is different, so I'm gonna say no, and. Yeah. Real quick, real quick, before we just move on real quick. Everybody talks about mental health, taking care of mental health, mental health, mental health. We got to take care of your mental health. We heard Mar- uh, Marshawn Lynch talk about take care of your mentals. That was a few mm-hmm. years ago. For all you young kids, he said take care of your mentals. But when Rogers is doing what he has to do to take care of his mental health, then it's weird. no. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have to do to take care of your mental health, it's none of my goddamn business, anyways. Yeah. You gotta sit in a fucking room for four goddamn days? Sit in a goddamn room. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. I still gotta go to work tomorrow. What does it matter to me? See, here's the thing:
2: the buck or the the bucks of the Packers. If Rogers was going on a four-day trip to Hawaii and wasn't taking his cell phone with him, nobody would give a shit. Nobody would care if he was just going on a four day retreat and unplugging. Nobody would care, but because he's doing something that's different than what other people, you know, classify as, you know, making sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's, you know, the, the whole darkness retreat thing. You know, it is what it is. It's a little more on the fringe thing. Um, it's I've heard of doing similar things. I don't know about four days. It's a little like long, that's, yeah. that's a long time, but I've heard of a thing. It's called a 12 hour walk. And it was written by a guy who walked across Antarctica. And basically what it is, is you walk for 12 hours, no music, no companionship. And it's just you and your thoughts for those 12 hours. And it's, it's not about, you know, doing this, you know, different, you know, mental health thing or whatever, it's about being alone with your thoughts for so long that you gain the clarity on what you want for whatever it is that you're going to get clarity about. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't think it's weird. I think it's just really something that people just don't understand.
1: So they think it's weird. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's not for me, but who am I to judge what what you do in your personal time? Because I probably do stuff that people think is weird, too. Like, I eat peanut butter and bacon together. People probably think that's weird as hell, but it tastes delicious to me. So that's all I got to say about that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Being isolated. And and dark for, for people, and, and James, I'm not saying this to, <clears throat> you know, to to offend you or anything, but just because it's not something that you wouldn't describe as fun or, you know, something that thinks, you know that you know, that wouldn't be good for you, it doesn't mean that that's the best practice for somebody else either. Yeah. Really so gotta his, let people
1: do what is best for them. His, his mental state is going to be different than, than yours is all I'm going to say. Right. And and I'm not like um, trying to take a shot at anybody, but like, right. I probably couldn't handle sitting in a room for in, in a dark room for four days. I, I know that about myself, so I'm not going to do it.
2: But right.
1: And that's just Rogers, not the point is, in, it's really just not the point that I'm at in my mental health journey, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, Rogers is so advanced in like his, his like self-awareness. Yeah. Mindfulness, self-awareness, whatever. Yep. Um, He's just so advanced in that stuff. He talks and he cares about that stuff so much that like (laughs) he talks to people that we have no access to. So I'm sure he's not the first person ever to isolate himself for
2: four days. That's That's why I bring up the 12 hour walk thing. That's just a, it's a smaller, less, less extreme version of a similar concept.
1: Yeah. So, like I said, man, um, his, his obviously his mental health, he can handle that kind of stuff. So, that's that's his thing. And if he sits in a room for four days and he comes back and he throws 38 touchdowns for the Packers and we win the division next year, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I really don't. Right. So, yeah, let's let let's let people do what they do, let them do
2: their thing. Yeah. Um, facts. So, getting back to basketball. Josh asked, what happened to the Suns? He said, I know CP3 was born around 10 BC, but damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Paul and Devin Booker have both been hurt, and DeAndre Ayton is not a max contract player, so that's no. that. No. I do like Mikal Bridges. If the, if the Suns would rather trade him than Jay Crowder, I would happily take him. I'd love Mikael me some Bridges. Mikal Bridges. That dude's, good that dude's legit. Yeah, he is. Um, Bill asked if I'd rather have Thibel or Crowder. Um, personally, probably Crowder. I mean, he's got more experience. Um, and he's, he's a little more of that dog type player than Thibault. Like Thibault's a really good defender, but like Crowder has got a little more of the dog in him. Um, Mm -hmm. so if I had to pick one or the other, I would probably pick Crowder, but, um, you know, that's, that's where I'm at with that. Um, all right, let's do some bucks power pair. Give me your bucks power pair. Obviously we both have Giannis, so start with Giannis.
0: Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HafTyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: At the man who won uh, back-to-back player of the weeks. So he's yeah. pretty, pretty good at basketball. I would say, um, he averaged 37.6, 15.6 rebounds, seven assists. He shot uh, 43 for 72 on field goals. That's 59%. And he ended the week at a plus 46. So when he, uh, when he plays basketball, he plays good. In three games. That's so nasty. It's <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. Um, <laughs> and then my next one this might surprise some people because he didn't put up crazy stats, but he was also on limited minutes. But Chris Middleton. And yeah. when we get to the Heat game, I'm just going to say right now, we don't win that game without Chris Middleton. 17.6 um, right. yeah. points. rebounds, 3.6 assists. So, again, in limited minutes. So add another 10 minutes to these stats, and these stats are, like, super boosted. Um, He shot 20 of 39 from the field. That's a 51% mark, and he was plus 16 from the field. Um, So, again, he was very effective in his limited minutes. Giannis was plus 46. And then you get to your underrated performer. I have a guy that the first game of the week, the Clippers game, he scored zero points, but his defense – was valuable he scored six points in the next game and then he scored 11 points against the blazers so he had an average of 5.6 points 3.6 rebounds 1.6 assists he only shot 40 percent from the field his name is javon carter you know what javon carter also did plus
2: 33 damn
1: he shot 40 percent from the field and only averaged five points per game and one assist and he was plus 33 damn that man makes a difference and i don't care what nobody says now, picture a version of him that's four inches taller. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the D-Sible. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Except Car- Carter does the pull-up threes and went, dude, when he gets cooking with the pull-up threes, he's like, Oh, yeah.
2: He, yeah.
1: Like, he straight up, like, if he was more consistent with that, he'd be a starting point guard, in my opinion. Because of his ability to get hot from there. And – his ability to play defense. You can live with him not being the main ball handler because there's enough guards out there that play, that play, that handle the ball. Ball forwards handling and, and passing like is,
2: I think, two other things that would hold him back from being okay, like a starter. Fair. I think I'd say he could be a starter on some of, you know, like the Orlandos Low. and yeah. Oklahoma
1: City maybe. Like the lower level teams. I agree with your you. Right. But when he gets hot from with the pull-up three and Brooke Lopez is rebounding and blocking shots, because you know what you're going to get out of the other guys, right? When right. those two things happen, whoo! And some long rebounds. You get Javon it's... Carter. going in space. I love seeing Javon Carter in space. Like I feel like every time
2: he shoots that pull up jumper, that he's going to hit it. And I said this on Twitter, but he doesn't get credit for how hard those shots actually are. Oh, right. Try going from a full sprint to a dead stop and going straight up when all your momentum is going forward, and then you need to stop and go straight up. That's yeah. a tough shot because all your momentum wants to carry you forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of those shots end up hitting the back of the rim and then bouncing straight back to the guy that shot the shot. Yeah, that's a tough shot to hit. So I give Javon Carter credit for that, and, and I like that pick. Um, so I obviously had Giannis. You pretty much covered everything you can about him. Um, he's the he's the man. He's, he's that dude. He's the best in the league. He he really is. And when you consider both ends of the floor and then the efficiency and the minutes, like it's.
1: It's not close. To, to me, it's almost it, it's almost it's getting to the point because you know, I didn't even say that he's number one in defensive windshield, but like it, it's it's almost disrespectful at this point to say he's not the best. The dude averaged 37, he's number one in defensive win shares. Name somebody better. I fucking dare you. <laughs> like, come on. Just leave it at that. All
2: right. <laughs> so you got that. You got Giannis. I put This guy, he's been an underrated performer, and I think that you could pretty much just nickname him underrated performer, but I put him in my power pair, and I want to give him some love, and it's Pat Connaughton. Yes,
1: sir.
2: I put Pat Connaughton in my power pair, despite only averaging 11 points, 6.3 rebounds, and a steal per game in the last Mm -hmm. week. He shot 54.5% from the field and 44.4% from the three-point line. Pat Connaughton over the last month has has been a very, very consistent three-point shooter yes, outside has, of one or two games. Yes, he has. That's why I bring him up in the same breath as guys like Duncan Robinson and Joe Harris who make three times as much as Pat Connaughton does this year and twice as much as Pat Connaughton is making next year and that people still don't respect the role that he has for this team. Pat Connaughton is a crucial part of the Bucks' success. Mm-hmm. He's not the most crucial part, but he's a crucial part. I agree. Pat Connaughton would be a sixth man on just about every team in the NBA, if not a starter. Yeah. Obviously, we see him start for the Bucs when guys are injured, but like he'd be the first guy off the bench for just about any team in the NBA. Yeah. So he's, he's crucial to the Bucs, and he was crucial to the Bucs during their title run. He really was. He made a lot of clutch threes, especially during the Brooklyn series.
1: And every once in a while, he goes in
2: there and gets a big man rebound. He does. <laughs> that, and, that gets me hyped, bro. Like, we've had, like, seeing him, like, bleeding from the eye, and he keeps playing games and stuff like that. Like, the dude is – he gives it all. 100%. So, and we love Pat Connaughton for that. Like, if, if he gets traded, we riot. Yeah. Like Pat Connaughton is one of those guys that I feel like is going to retire a Milwaukee Buck. I really do,
1: uh, and I really hope
2: so, man. <laughs> and I think I think Drew Holiday will as well. Um, Giannis will. I'm a little torn about Brooke, but I think probably. And yeah. I put Chris Middleton in that probably category as well. Maybe we should do that at a. Maybe we should do a segment of that. That could be a
1: fun off-season one.
2: All right, I'll write it down. Okay, so my my underrated performer, I want the guy who did average more points and more rebounds than Pat Connaughton, but I want to give him some, some love for what he did in one game specifically. And I put Brooke Lopez as my underrated performer because he averaged 14 points, 6.7 rebounds, 57.1% um, from the field,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but only 20% from the three-point line. Yeah. So he had, a, he had a little bit of a rough week at the three-point line, which is something that potentially could you know disqualify him from being a power pair player. But he really carried the load offensively against the Blazers in the first half, like single-handedly. And yeah, he Giannis was, he was he a little was, bit in that first half, and Brooke carried the load offensively. So that – and I still – I really don't think people give him enough credit for how good of a two-way player he is. No. Like, we know he's, we can shoot the three, and we also know he's second in the league in blocks per game. But it's really weird. Like, like we know Giannis is a great two-way player. Like, people know Joel Embiid is a great two-way player. But from Brook Lopez, it's weird. Like, it feels like we know Brook Lopez, the Splash Mountain guy. And then we also know Brook Lopez, the guy who's at the top of the league in blocks. Mm Mm-hmm. But it almost feels like they're different players. I don't know what it is with Brook Lopez, that it feels different that way. I don't know. if Maybe that's just me and I'm weird, but
0: does that feel I that th- way
2: to
1: you? I think a little bit this year, he's been a little bit more old school and he's been down low a lot more. Like he, he yeah. like surprisingly, I'll say, I'll, t- I'll take the, the time frame of two weeks. Over the last two weeks, he's been like really good at like putting the ball on the floor and like finishing. It's like, I'm like, You look a little awkward doing that. You're like a gigantic tree just moving with a basketball, and it's weird. But (laughs) he, he like, he gets in weird spots, and he just has really good touch. Brooke has good touch, and he has good hands. And how you can tell somebody's touch? We
2: get some Dirk Wolfez moments.
1: Yeah, the the fadeaway jumpers, the layups. I mean, he's a good free throw shooter. I mean, God damn. We are are lucky to have the players that we have, and – you know, I think of it like a science experiment. I think that the chemistry, the, the mixture of talent that we have, that's why I don't want to make a trade, the mixture of, of talent that we have all works together perfectly. So why change anything?
2: Yeah. and Back on the subject of trades, like basically the way I'm looking at it is I only want to trade players that are outside of the playoff rotation and picks for a guy who would be in the playoff
1: rotation. I agree with that 100%. I'm on board with Steve that. Steve
2: asked if I'm ready to play this season. Yes, Steve, I've been getting lots of shots up every day. Asked <laughs> Jake. I text him every time.
1: That's true. He's been getting um, hella shots up, Mr. 305 over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about three bucks games. And
2: starting with the Clippers game, what's stood out to you from that from last Thursday? <laughs> so –
1: to to state the obvious, the first thing that you see when you open up the box score at this game, like not even gonna break down anything real quick. The first thing that you see is Giannis has fifty four and nineteen, and you're like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, why are you doing that, bro?" And then you see that the Bucks only led this game for, for a few minutes. Um, I have it in my, my photos here. I found this, you know, I found this on the the Bucks app here, and it's like. It's cool, in my opinion, to see how long that they've they led. I sent it to you earlier. Let's see. Is this the Clippers
0: game? Yep.
2: I'm just going to address game. two comments real quick while you pull that up. Go ahead.
1: One, go
0: ahead.
2: David said I heard the Packers are trading Rogers to the Bucks for Giannis. Well, the, the Bucks already have Rogers, so I don't think they really can do that.
1: That's true. That's true. I don't know why we're trading um, it. Steve asked
2: about what do you what do you think the Bucks about trying to get D Rose? I personally, I. Just don't think it's gonna happen because they'd have to trade either Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, or Joe Ingalls, and I don't
1: want to do that. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to trade in any of those guys either. Now, would I be okay with getting a Derrick Rose? I think that he could fit in 100 percent Another dribble drive guy, another guy that could finish. Um, I think defensively he's not the greatest, but when you have Brook and Giannis behind you, I think you can you can make up for some things. And but
2: you can put him on the floor with Drew Holiday.
1: Yeah. So do I think it could work? Yeah, but do I want it? No, I, I don't. I don't need it. But it will
2: likely cost.
1: I will say that if he comes here and he wins a ring, it's going to be hell for Chicago fans because I'm going to tell you. He, <laughs> you didn't think about that. <laughs> I, I was going to say he had to come um, play with us. He had to come to our team to win a ring, boy. That's, <laughs> but uh, awesome. that's like the first thing that I thought of. So. Back to the Clippers real quick. Yep. You see that the Bucs only led for 4 minutes and 38 seconds. That is insane. They were down by 20 minutes. The last point. 4
2: minutes and 38 seconds? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, bro. Technically, Rodgers has has the Bucks, But Giannis has a tight end. Giannis as a tight end would be scary for anybody. That's all I'm going to say about that. He's a fucking gigantic. Fucking 7 feet tall and jumps 40 just, inches in the air. It'd be
2: like just seeing a giraffe
1: in open field. <laughs> Jesus and, he, and he's not afraid of contact. He says he likes contact. Right. So, I mean, right. scary hours. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I like him on the Bucks because I think, uh, you know, my prediction is going to sound pretty stupid, but I think over the next, I'll say, five years, I think the Bucs are getting at least three titles. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, the Bucks are set up, dude. And the, t- the time is now.
2: I agree with you that they're set up as well. That is a. good They're, a really they're cool.
1: set up, and and Giannis is in his prime, and we have the shooters, and we still have the playmakers. Chris Middleton still young enough. Drew Holiday still young enough. Brook yep. Lopez is is looking a little bit younger. I think that the time is now for the Bucks to go on a title run. That's all. I I'm agree.
2: You mentioned like Pat and Bobby are both locked up.
1: Yep. You know, the, I agree. And even point. Grayson, Grayson's locked up for a few years. Even if we don't trade, oh, three uh, years uh, right? this year or next year this year, next year. Okay. Well, two years, but he's going to get a title. Grayson Allen is going to be an NBA champion. So that's all I'll say about that. Today, Coward said Middleton and Ingles. What did he? All right. Never mind. You know what? I don't care what he says, Tim. I don't care what he says. That's weird. That's not, that's not. God that guy. If I'm just going to say this real quick before I get back to this real quick, because I'm sick and tired of going bouncing back and forth. If Skip Bayless wasn't a giant jackass Cowherd would easily be the dumbest sports announcer. Yeah. But that's... Skip Bayless being a, a dickhead is what makes him the worst. Yeah. Grayson does own the Bulls. That is true, yep. Isaac. Um, yeah, I laugh at that too, David. So the Bucs-Clippers, Clippers were, were – the Clippers are a good team. Clippers uh, were playing really, really good going into this game. Um, yep. But the Bucks have Giannis, and that's really what it came down to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not amazing ball movement, but Giannis just started just chipping away, getting in the lane. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to let you go now. I feel like I've been rambling on for 20 minutes, but I am just. I'm going to ramble for the next 20. You've only been talking about I don't time. understand Colin Cowherd, but whatever. Uh, I think people like him just because he makes the lists. Dude, we can make lists if it's going to get us $10 million a year. I will make a list every fucking day. <laughs> I'll make every two day. Lists a day. Two lists For $5 yes. million dollars. I agree. Um sure.
2: Tim said he only follow listens to Coward because he follows Dan Patrick and I get busy at work to change it. Dan Patrick is good. I like Dan Patrick.
1: That's fair. Dan, yeah, Dan Patrick doesn't deal with shit.
2: Simon <laughs> says I'll quit and make lists. <laughs> you can get fired and make lists. <laughs> that was a good one. All right. Bucks Clippers. uh, Bucks got off to a really slow start. They started three for 15 and 0 for 6 from the three point line. Um, Giannis was one for 7 and 0 for 2. And 0 for 2 at the free throw line to start this game. So, real slow start for Giannis at this game. Uh, Simon said I've been rehired. Yeah, it's on a temporary basis just because we're doing a show on Friday night. (laughs) Um, Beginning of this game. Drew Holiday was guarding Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Um Bucks were down 10-4 at the 639 mark of the first quarter. So almost half of the first quarter, and the score was 10 to 4. Um, and then about a minute later, they were down 16 to 5. So <laughs> Isaac Colin Coward will not be on our show. No. Uh, <laughs> Chris Middleton still coming off the bench. Um so first quarter, the Bucks got down as much as 15 points. And they only scored 15 points in the first quarter.
0: Hmm.
2: So Bucks go on a 13 to nothing run at the end of the first quarter and the beginning of the second quarter. Tied the game at the 10 15 mark of the second quarter. Basketball's a game of runs. Said it before, say it again. Yep. Um, I, I want to give a pretty big scoop of credit to Drew Holiday for his defense. He was guarding Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard has the ball up here, and as he brings the ball down to do his rip-through, Drew Holiday goes from the high hand to arms out to avoid that rip-through foul that guys like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, are so good at drawing. So Drew Holiday, that's just an IQ thing. It doesn't go noticed, but I noticed it, Drew Holiday. I see you. That's great, great stuff by changing that arm from being up and out to out wide at the sides. That's, oh, that's good stuff, Drew Holiday. That's yeah, a he's... little thing that people might not notice, but I noticed. And <laughs> that is great stuff. So, Drew Holiday, you're the man for that. Um, So, we get to towards the end of the second quarter. Um, Clippers go on a 10-0 run. Put the Clippers back up nine points. Bucks are down seven at the half. Giannis had 20 points in the first half. So you know what that means for the second half, but it didn't start great for the Bucks. It really did. No. Clippers went on a nine nothing run coming out of halftime. Um, the Bucks were down twenty points pretty quickly. Clippers were hitting all of their mid range. Yeah. So it, and I think it was I don't remember if it was Marcus Johnson or Zora Stevenson said that like mid range is still an important part of the NBA, especially if you can do it well and the Clippers have guys that can do it well, like Terrence Mann, obviously Paul George and Kawhi. A guy like Terrence Mann doesn't really get as much notoriety because he plays on the same team as Kawhi and Paul George, but he's a really solid player. And Norman Powell's good too, man. Norman Powell only plays well against the Bucs, I swear to God.
1: No way. He had a freaking sick dunk the next game. But Norman Powell, I mean, dude, the Clippers have a freaking fat-ass roster, dude.
2: Yeah, it's – I mean, yeah, they're good. So, I want to highlight four consecutive defensive possessions by the Bucks. First one, Pat on Marcus Morris. That dude is four inches taller than him and probably weighs about 50 pounds more. Oh, yeah. Pat Connaughton forced him into a contested jump shot. Next possession, Wesley Matthews guarding... Ivica Zubats. Two possessions in a row. First one forces a jump hook mix. Second one, um, he drew uh, an offensive foul on Terrence Mann. Then the third possession by Wesley Matthews, the fourth one in a row, forced Marcus Morris again into another missed jump shot. That's Pat Connaughton and Wesley Matthews doing work defensively to get the Bucks four straight defensive stops in the third quarter.
1: Wesley Matthews has a very strong lower body, so that's why he can get away with guarding fours every once in a while.
2: And, even if he is he up height. Twice. yeah, And right. drew an offensive foul, so good for Wesley Matthews. Um, so, all right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wesley Matthews, oh, the other thing with Wesley Matthews, he drew a loose ball foul with 0.5 seconds left on the clock in the third quarter. He made one of two free throws, but that did cut the lead to single digits. That's big stuff. So to bring that up. Um, the Oh, that's what I wanted to bring up with Wesley Matthews. I had that written down. Um, all three of those possessions came in the last minute and 17 seconds of the third quarter. That's what I wanted to bring up
0: with that. Oh, that's a good. good point.
2: Um, So, we get into the fourth quarter. Giannis, to get his 40th points, gets a tip slam over Zubats. Just catches just right over the top of him. That's what gave him 40, was a tip slam.
1: For years, they killed the league with DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin jumping over people, and now they're getting payback for it. And I love it.
2: All the turntables. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that gave Giannis the most 40-point games in one season that he's had in his career. He broke his career high. Um, Chris Middleton hit a three that cut the lead to two points with six minutes and 24 seconds left. Um, Giannis had an and one that gave him 50. He Giannis is so wrong for this. 54 points and 19 rebounds in 36 minutes. <laughs>
0: He's the people bring
2: up per 36 minute stats and a lot of guys' numbers go down, like Luca, who plays like 38 minutes a game. Bro, if Giannis averaged that for 36 minutes, 54 and 19, like he'd be Wilt fucking Chamberlain.
1: Bro, I was just gonna say they always bring up the per 36, and Giannis is the only guy in the league where like his per 36 might be accurate. (laughs) Like seriously. (laughs) Oh man.
2: For the, for the fact that he scored 54 points in 36 minutes is just ridiculous. He scored the Bucks last 12 points in this game.
1: Yeah, he, he went bonkers, dude.
2: Um, last three minutes and 52 seconds. Drew Holiday guarding Paul George, Giannis guarding Kawhi, Wesley Matthews on the last possession against Kawhi Leonard. Master class in defense. Clamps. clamps. Abs oh, absolutely clamps.
1: Damn. That man was That's lost. Sick. He was lost. He had nowhere to go, bro. <laughs>
2: Put him in a phone booth.
1: Fucking A, he did, man. Oh, man, that was great stuff. That so, was really hard not to get up and clap. Be like, let's fucking go! Because it's yeah. like midnight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Masterclass by Drew Holiday defending Kawhi Leonard on that last possession. Three minutes and 52 seconds at the end of the game. The Clippers did not score.
1: Yep, that... That when I saw that I was like, "Holy shit!" For all the talent they have and they, the way they looked in the third quarter, that's crazy, dude.
2: And at the third quarter, at one point, the Clippers led seventy-five to fifty-five. Over the last nineteen minutes of the game, the Bucks outscored the Clippers <laughs> fifty-one to thirty.
0: Oof. Oof.
2: Yeah, this was the Bucks' largest comeback win of the year. Down 21 points at one point. Um, So, I brought up Giannis' stats. Chris Middleton had 16 points and 7 rebounds in 19 minutes. So, very efficient there as well. Yeah, Tim likes that one. Um, (laughs) Isaac said Giannis was telling dad jokes while dunking on him. Yeah, you like that? (laughs) 51-30 to over the final 19 minutes of the game.
1: The flippers, Isaac. The flippers. The flippers. He only Um, calls them the flippers.
2: Careful, that's Isaac's favorite team.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um,
2: (laughs) Gave up eight points off turnovers and 15 second chance points at 31 fundamental failure points. That's exactly what they needed to get the job done to win the game by one point. So let's go to the Bucks and the Heat on Saturday.
1: Real quick shout out to uh, friends of the show, Uh, my girlfriend's sister, Brittany and uh her boyfriend Justin uh that was Britney's first game was the Bucks Clippers game.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right.
1: And uh they nicely enough gave me the uh lap blanket that they gave out at the game. So, um it, I should have brought it down here to show you. I meant to do that, but um next next week I'll do that. It's pretty cool, man. It's like purple and it has the old purple logo with the antlers and the ball. Oh, it's sick, dude. Nice.
2: The other thing with this game too is after the game, Giannis was talking about his 54 points. And he's talking about Culvers. Um, I know yeah. it's been it's been shared on our page and around there. But um, Culvers down, donated fifty four thousand diapers um, to a place that Giannis and his girlfriend Mariah work, um, a charity that they work with in Milwaukee. So that's that's great stuff as well. That's a, that's a awesome. good
1: story coming out of that as well. So Bucks need yeah, man. I mean, what more can you want from a superstar, man? He, he gives us highlights. He gives us Ws. He's going to give us titles. And now he's donating diapers to babies. I mean, this guy's fucking Superman, dude, at this point.
2: <laughs> Giannis and Culver's like, I mean, if that's... we're talking best combos
1: yeah, dude.
2: That's... in Wisconsin and you get to pick like a, a player and a food place, Giannis that's... and
1: Culver's is hard to beat, bro. That's, pre- that's pretty high up there. I won't lie. I agree with you 100% there. So, let's go to this Bucks heat game. Um, the Heat, yeah. you know, like we talked last week, the Heat play everybody tough just because of their brand of basketball. And yep. I'm going to give give some respect to the Heat real quick. First of all, Adebayo is a fantastic player, fantastic ball handler yeah. for the five-man. Yeah,
2: I give him respect,
1: 100%. He, can, he can jump out of the gym. He can grab the rebound and be a one-man fast break. He has turned into a tremendous player. And he, he rivals Embiid if
2: he could shoot the three a little bit.
1: I would agree with that. I mean, he's gotten very good at the mid range from his rookie year to now. He's gotten very good at that mid range. Mid And then the next guy, he was living up to his name for a lot of this game. Jimmy buckets. Um mm. He was feeling it. Uh, there third was a in, his. yeah. There was a point in the third quarter where every time he got the ball, he was like, okay. I'm going to get right there, and then I'm going to go right there next position, and then I'm going to do a spin, and I'm going to shoot right there, and it's going to go in. And I was like – I was watching this game, and I'm shaking my head. I'm like, God damn, he's on fire, man. He's cooking these dudes. It didn't matter who was guarding them. He was scoring. You know, and that's the thing about, about the NBA is sometimes when guys just get hot, they're just going to get hot. there is not a goddamn
2: thing. Every time, I will say it with my
1: dying breath, if need be. And – you know, they actually talked about that on uh, J.J. Reddick's podcast. They talked about anybody in the NBA can cook you. And Darius uh, Garland was on there, and he was talking about getting cooked by some random players. I don't even remember who it was. It was so random. But oh, it might have been Tyler Uless, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, you know, and that's the thing about Jimmy, man. Jimmy Jimmy absolutely can be a star. I'm not going to say superstar, but he can be a star oh, when he wants to be. And when he, when he was cooking, I was like, whew. Jimmy, Jimmy's balling right now. No. Um, the thing about the Heat is they don't shoot the three-pointer well. Right. And if they did, they would be serious. Like, they would yeah. be a serious team. They don't get enough out of Tyler Hero, I think. He has a game every once in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he'll have a game every once in a while where you're like, holy shit, he did that, and then he'll just bump his averages way the hell up, better than he is. That's my opinion on Tyler Hero. I
2: mean, he'll, he'll average, like, like, 22 points a game, but –
1: you'll equally get as many 30s as you do 12s. Yeah. And that that's that's kind of how it goes as a shooter. Um give credit to Miami again for their low turnovers. They only had seven turnovers. So good for mm-hmm. them. But the Bucks only had 12 turnovers in this game. So that that felt good. I felt like they they handled the ball pretty well. They didn't have a lot of they didn't have a lot of heavy turnover games this week. They had a 10 and the Clippers 12 versus the Heat and 16 versus the Blazers was the high. So I mean, that's not horrible, but it's Pretty good for what we've seen. Under thirteen, I'm happy. Under twelve, I'm very happy. I would agree to that. So the Bucks handled them on the boards. Uh, the points in the paint were pretty close. The Bucks dominated in fast break points. Um, they shot the ball very efficiently, forty six of eighty eight. They were getting whatever freaking shot they wanted to. Um, and Giannis wasn't wasn't really just dominating and shooting every shot because he only shot nineteen times. Mm-hmm. But he still scored thirty five points, had fifteen rebounds, and eleven assists. So I mean. Follows Take up 54 and 19 with 35, 15, and 11. And people still have the audacity to say he's not the best because of some advanced metric like 14 pages away on Jokic. It's like, just stop, bro. Just just stop. <laughs> like, we're not doing this anymore. Um, so, I mean, that's all I got with that. The Bucks, the, the Heat play everybody tough, but the Bucks, I feel like they – they were free-flowing, and again, they had that blue jersey and, and court combo, and it's just oh mama mia.
2: <laughs> all right. So I want to give the Bucks perimeter defense credit, and I think this I think this was a concerted effort by Budenholzer and the coaching staff to switch a lot on the perimeter to not give Tyler Hero those open looks and gave Vincent <laughs> Max Struess all those open looks. Because when they're you hit, but uh, <clears throat> Um Grayson Allen, to his credit, he was in Tyler Hero's pocket on defense a lot. Grayson Allen played Tyler Hero tough defensively. So I wanted yeah. to give Grayson credit for that. Um Isaac said, get you a hype man like Thanasis. Everybody needs a hype man like Thanasis. Thanasis is the best hype man.
1: You just gave me an idea, Isaac, and I'm going to tell Tyler later, so thank you for that.
2: All right. Um, Pat started this game two for two from the three-point line good to see him bounce back after not as good of a shooting game against the Clippers. Um, Giannis was very active against at the rim against the Heat, which is something the Heat have actually done a pretty good job with over the years is keeping Giannis away from the rim. Um, Giannis had 13 points and four assists in the first quarter. Damn. <laughs> and I know I shared this on the Facebook page, but at one point in the first half the bucks had number 21, number 22, number 23 and number 24 on the floor together.
1: Yep. That's a pretty decent lineup to be honest with it's, you.
2: And, and yeah, it is and it works. Um they were out there with Joe Ingles but it's it's a weird thing. It's just I don't know, it's just one of those things that for some reason I find interesting cuz I'm <laughs> know, I'm weird, I guess. It's just one of the things that
1: I <laughs> Don't say that the media will come after you. Don't say you're weird.
2: Hmm. Yeah, or just bitter Packers fans. <laughs> so you brought up the Bucks only had 12 turnovers against Miami. Five of them were in the first quarter, so seven turnovers in the last three quarters of the game. I will take that. 100%. Um, Heat really got in the zone in the second quarter. Um, Chris Middleton spent a lot of time guarding Jimmy Butler, and we're in another situation where Chris Middleton is a solid defender. He was actually one of the Bucks' best defenders in this game. Miami, when shooting against Chris Middleton in this game, was a combined 2-for-10 from the field.
1: That's not great, but good for us.
2: <laughs> that's Yeah, that's very not great. <laughs> not great. <laughs> but great for the Bucs, like you said. So 0-0 game, tied at halftime. Giannis had 18 points at the half. Chris Middleton had 16 points at the half. We go into the third quarter. What a third quarter. Like, it's it makes it sweeter knowing that the Bucs win this game. But purely as a basketball fan, what a fantastic quarter that was. Listen to this. The Bucs and Heat third quarter featured four ties and 11 lead changes.
1: They were going at it, bro.
2: That's fun basketball. Yeah. Butler scored 17 of his 32 in the, in the third quarter. Did not score in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler did not score in the fourth quarter. He was 0 for 2 from the field. That was it. Hmm. Interesting. Chris Middleton hit a buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter that gave the Bucs the lead 94-92. They did not give the lead back after that. They opened the fourth quarter with a 5-0 run. Um, Grayson Allen hit a 3, gave the Bucs an 8-0 run after the timeout. Um, Drew Holiday... Two fourth quarter steals turned into five points off turnovers for him. Uh, Giannis put the exclamation mark on the game. And Miami in the fourth quarter, this is Miami was nine for 22. That's 40.9%. The Bucs were 12 of 20, 60%. That's oh, your fourth shit. quarter. That's the game for the Bucs. That's a big swing right there. So, we mentioned Giannis had that 35, 15, and 11. Chris Middleton in 20 and a half minutes, 24 points, seven rebounds,
1: and four assists. Yeah, they made Chris go to the bench, and then Bud immediately sent him back out. They're like, I'm getting this last minute out of your ass. He comes <laughs> in and gets a bucket immediately, and a big bucket. So, I mean, I was like, eh, hey, whatever.
2: Middleton was 9 of 14 from the field, 64.3%. How many times did we say last season – like And in the offseason, we needed a 25-and-5 guy. And Chris Middleton, in 20 and a half minutes, scores 24, gets seven rebounds and four assists. Chris Middleton is the guy. That's the guy we needed. Um, Grayson Allen, 19 points, three rebounds, three assists. Drew Holiday, 15 points, six of nine from the field. Pat Connaughton, 14 points. Brooke Lopez, 9 points, six rebounds, three blocks. 23 assists for the Bucks. 11 missed free throws, 12 points off turnovers for Miami, 12, uh, sorry, 16 second chance points, a 39 fundamental failure points. So the Bucks could have won this game even more just by cleaning up some of the fundamentals. But like you said, credit to Miami. They're a good, tough team. So let's move on to the Blazers game. And what did you see that stood
1: out to you from that game? First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Cody to come in here and join us. Uh, our friend Cody, friend of the show, friend outside of the show, Uh, attended the game. He lives in the Portland area. So uh, shout out to Cody uh, being at that game. Um, Okay, so two things. I want to point out two sick plays that happened in this game. Well, actually, first thing I want to point out is congratulations to Brooke Lopez Um, on getting to 15,000 career points. Um, I want to congratulate Giannis on getting over 3,250 career assists. So that's cool. Um, And then I want to talk about Giannis throwing the ball to himself and dunking it. I have a point on that. So when you're done, I, I want to say something about that. Go ahead. Okay. And then I want to talk about Damian Lillard just hitting the freaking random half-court three-pointer. I'm watching the game, and, you know, Drew, smartly, you know, because you can get some dumb fouls, right? So you can just be standing there. The guy flops yep. to call foul. He backs up. He's like, okay, you're not passing this thing. You're going to have to shoot it. It was kind of one of those, like, if you make it, then like, hey, tip your cap. Whatever it is what it is. That was cool. Highlight for you. They're gonna show it on Sports Center, but we're still gonna win the game. And to his credit, he nailed it. I saw that and I was like, oh damn. But Damian Lillard also leads the NBA in most most shots made from 30 plus feet. He's back to
2: back Western conference player of the week. So the thing that Giannis is doing in the east, like Lillard's doing it in the West.
1: Yeah. Not Um, as
2: emphatically, but
1: yeah. Back to back Um, conference. You know, Brook – you know, and Isaac's talking about it. Brook was the man. And a couple weeks ago, uh, Cody in the chat talked about how they're going to be without Nurkic. And, Mm. you know, he he was thinking that Giannis was going to kill. And I'm like, I can see that. I mean, Nurkic is decent, but, you know, um, Giannis will probably kill him. And the guy that actually benefited from it most was his direct matchup. That's Brook Lopez. And he was getting everything that he wanted, mid-range, off the dribble, like I said. I gave credit to him before. Um, he's doing everything. Um, yeah, we dominated him on the boards. Did you see the rebounding disparity? Mm-hmm. 55 to 28. Double that's, them up, bro. Dude, that's a goddamn ass whooping. <laughs> that is a goddamn ass whooping on the boards. 27 assists. I mean, Jesus. Uh, 17 to 21 oh. on free throws is also very good for this Bucks. Team. I will
2: take that every
1: day of the week. We just talked about free throws mm-hmm. with the Badgers. And you know, we've talked about this with the Bucks. The only guy that we really don't trust at the line, and whatever, if there's gonna be not everybody's perfect, and always talked about it, and I can't be perfect. Got it. They take something from me, is his free throw shooting, right? <laughs> so they take his free throw shooting away from him. Everybody else that goes to the line, Drew Holiday, like you you pointed out on the Facebook page, he's having a career year from the free throw line. I trust Brooke, I trust, I trust definitely trust Chris. Now, to Chris be honest with, with you, line, he's Chris even like- Conaton. Like- I mean, is, is Grayson still leading the league? I didn't check. Is he still leading the league in free throw percentage? I didn't check. Um, I'll have to double check that when you give your point. But I mean, like two to uh both of our points, free throws win games. The Bucks play defense, they they can rebound because I'm pretty sure they're still number one in rebound percentage yep. in the NBA. So they rebound, they make free throws, and they have the best player in the league. Tell me tell me where their weakness is. Yeah. And all stars and defensive player of the year candidates and six man of the year candidates. Um, I'm working on it, Isaac. Okay, I'm I'm really working on it. I'm working on that Giannis impression. <laughs> uh, practice at home. Practice at home. I do. I practice with Chantel.
2: <laughs> God said I cannot be handsome. Oh, once get to the rim, handsome. The handsome. Some of that video was,
1: was that video great. The Bucs led this game for 47 minutes and 38 seconds. Yeah. When did those 22 seconds that they didn't lead the game come? The beginning. Right at the beginning. That They, they literally led the entire game. <laughs> That's yeah. ridiculous. So, awesome. Awesome game so, for Cody to go to.
2: On the point of Giannis throwing lobs to himself, um, I've seen people ask the question, it does count as a missed field goal. It does not count as an assist. Oh. Just, just so people know that. Apparently Jake didn't know that either. That counts as a missed field goal, not an assist. Um, so Bastards. He I missed know. five shots and that was one of them? Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's ridiculous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's how that goes in the scorebook. Holy um, shit. Yeah, Isaac Ooh. said the old Tracy McGrady play. I remember when he did that in the All-Star game. That was awesome.
1: I remember when Shaq did it for some reason. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: yes, Bill, it does also count as an offensive rebound, so that is true. Um, I I wrote this down in my notes, and then Lisa Byington said it right after that the first three field goals the Bucks made were made by three different players. And I wrote that down, and then, like, damn it. like Then Lisa Byington said it right after. And I'm like, can't have anything nice.
0: Um, <laughs> Brooke
2: Lopez started this game four for four um he had i mean I have it in here um 11 points in the first 4 minutes of the game Brooke Lopez 11 points in 4 minutes god damn the bucks the bucks had a 12 to 3 lead in the first 3 minutes oh <laughs> so Giannis got out to a bit of a slow start and we got another 21 22 23 24 game uh with Joe Ingles but the reason I bring that up again is because the Bucks were switching everything, one through five, with Joe Ingles, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Wesley Matthews, and Pat Connaughton on the floor. They switched one through five on Portland.
1: Dude, that tells me that they're ready to play Boston, being able to switch like that, because Boston runs a lot of screens.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. Yes, Bill Zora did remind. He did. uh She did tell Brooke before the game. He only needed twenty for fifteen thousand. Maybe that was the motivator he needed. Um. Did
1: you, real quick. Did you hear what uh, Marcus Johnson said? Did you hear what he said on the telecast? He uh, said. Think- he said, "Let's just start making shit up. Let's tell him that he needs 20 – He said, let, "He needs 20, <laughs> twenty rebounds to get to this mark."
2: That's right. <laughs> you said he only needed like twenty-five rebounds to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's what he said. <laughs> Just start making stuff up. I'm with it. That's awesome. Uh, Marjan Bochamp started the second quarter, so he got a little bit of some Marjan sightings while he was close to his hometown, so that was good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Portland cut the lead at one point um, to 26-22. to 22. The Bucks followed that up with a 12-2 run, and that was as close as Portland would get the lead. It was four points. Uh, Javon Carter started the, th- the second quarter two for three from the three-point line, and... So a couple things I want to highlight with the rest of the first half. One, Chris Middleton, since his return from his injury, has been doing a very good job of driving to the rim. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's been talked about, not by us, not by anybody, that Chris Middleton, since returning from his injury, has actually done a really good job of driving and getting to the basket.
1: We brought it up. I'm giving us credit. We brought it up. I'm not letting us go down with that ship. We brought it up, man. One of us brought it up. I remember
2: I've i I know I've brought it up at times last year as that like an underrated part of his game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But he's doing it a lot.
1: He's finishing too. Getting putting pressure on the defense.
2: Yeah, that's you talk about players getting better. Like that's that's a new wrinkle for Chris if he's driving and getting to the basket. Uh, at least consistently. Like we know he's capable of it, but doing it consistently is is something else. So I want to give the Bucks credit because Damian Lillard in the first half was one for eight hmm. from the field. Um, Portland as a team was four for 12 from the, from the field or no, sorry. Um, no, that's Jeremy Grant was four for 12 in the first half. Um, Brook Lopez at 17 in the first half. Giannis had 9 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists in the first half, so he's damn near on triple-double watch after halftime. Yeah. Chris Wilson had 11 points in the first half. Um, the third quarter opened up the first Bucks possession. Giannis goes up like he's going to dunk on Jeremy Grant, and then he just lets the ball fly out of his hand, and it goes high glass and just real soft off the backboard into the, into the basket. That was pretty. Giannis goes up like he's going to like do the LeBron dunk at the end of Space Jam 2 that gives him like 50,000 <laughs> points. And then he just like Kyrie Irving, just soft touch off the top of the glass for a layup. That was nice. That was nice. Um, So, Brooke got that 15,000 points early in the third quarter, like you brought up. He's in his 15th season to score 15,000 points, so good for him. Um, Giannis picked up his fourth foul with 7 minutes and 31 seconds to go in the third quarter. I have it early in the third quarter. But the Bucks fed the hot hand, kept looking for Brooke Lopez in the post, like I know you brought up. Um Bucks went on a 15 to 3 run, a lot of it without Giannis on the floor. That's encouraging to see. Yes, um is. I wanna give I want to give Marcus Johnson oh. some credit, actually. And this trickles down to Mike Budenholzer who designed the play, but Marcus Johnson brought up a play that freed Pat Connaughton for a three was that Pat Connaughton and Brooke Lopez were in the paint, Drew Holiday out on the perimeter, and Brooke Lopez sets the screen for Drew Holiday, and then Pat sets a screen for Brooke Lopez. Both of the guys go with Brooke. Pat goes out to the three-point line, wide open for three. That's great play design. That's good stuff. I'd love to see the Badgers do some stuff like that. That's I would love to see a Badgers run a play like that, say with Max Klesman, Stephen Crowell, and Chucky Hepburn. That'd be awesome. Yeah, 100%. Um, I got to bring it up because the Bucks held a lead by getting good shots. We've discussed this probably four or five times where the Bucks have gotten some big leads and let teams crawl back into games. And then the Bucs got to work hard to push the lead back out. They didn't have to do this this game because they kept getting good shots. Their shot selection stayed strong when they had the lead yes sir that made me happy to see that is progress from the bucks in an area that i wanted to see them improve was their shot selection when playing with leads they did that in this game that makes me happy i needed to hammer on that um so damian lillard he did get he did get his 28 points and it's easy to say oh damian lillard 28 points against the bucks good for him listen to this drew holiday Guarded Damian Lillard for five minutes and 30 seconds. That's a lot Mm -hmm. for, you know, for a lion's share of the game. He made one of two field goals.
0: Hmm.
2: Wesley Matthews guarded him for a minute and 55 seconds. That's the second most that anybody spent on him. He was over two against Wesley Matthews. He was seven of 18 from the field and two for seven from the three-point line. 12 of Damian Lillard's 28 points came at the free throw line. So don't let that 28 points gas you up. The Bucks defended Damian Lillard very well.
1: They started using the high pick and roll, which really made me think about the the Badgers as well. Right. Um, but they used they used his speed to it to their advantage. And right. he was getting downhill on Brooke. But then the last one, Brooke adjusted and was a little bit little well, half step quicker, and he nope. ended up getting getting a block. And I was like, Thank you, Brooke. I love that he was put in that situation because then he had right. to learn on the fly. Yep.
0: And
1: absolutely nothing wrong with that. Cause you're going to yep. get put in those situations again.
2: Right. I mean, if the bucks say they get a first round matchup, say the Hawks like Trey Young, that's the kind of thing they're going to do to that. Except Trey Young's more likely to take a floater than to try to beat Brooke to the, to the rim. Yep. Okay. Jeremy Grant in four minutes and 10 seconds guarded by Giannis. That was the most on the team. Um, Jeremy Grant was one for five. The Oof. He was guarded by Wesley Matthews for 2 minutes and 50 seconds. He was 1 for 3. Guarded by Drew Holiday for 2 minutes and 35 seconds. He was 1 for 2. Guarded by Chris Middleton for a minute and 53 seconds. He was 1 for 3. He was 4 of 13 overall and 1 for 7 from the 3-point line. Jeremy Grant is a guy who averages 21 points a game. He scored 13 points and 4 of them are at the free throw line. Jeremy Grant only got nine points from the field in this game.
1: He was getting clamped. That's clamped. I, I didn't feel his presence at all.
2: And he's a good player. He is a very good player. Um, <clears throat> you brought up the rebounds already. Um, Pat Connaughton, 11 points, four rebounds, two steals. Javon Carter, 11 points, five rebounds, three assists. Brooke Lopez, 27 points and nine rebounds. Giannis, 24, 13, and 8 assists. Drew Holiday, 20 points, 4 rebounds, and 8 assists. Chris Middleton, 13 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists. I mean, the Bucs just top to bottom controlled this entire game on both ends of the floor. Offense, defense, all of it entirely controlled by the Bucs. I agree. Only four missed free throws, like you said. They gave up 17 points off turnovers, which is a little high. 10 second chance points. That's 31 fundamental failure points. That means the Bucs played within their fundamentals as well. So great job by the Bucks. <clears throat> now this season, 26 and four in games where they have 23 or more assists.
1: That's that's a pretty big telling stat, that's I'll say. Optimal, I would say. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um. So that's, that's where I'm at with the Bucks. They play tomorrow in L.A. They're playing the Lakers, and then Saturday again in L.A. against the Clippers, Isaac's favorite team, and then Tuesday, <laughs> that whole matchup with the Boston Celtics. Uh, what do you got for a record prediction for the Bucs?
1: I got 3-0. They're going to sweep the L.A. teams. I believe that's actually a back-to-back. I believe they play Thursday, Friday, by the way. That- um, I yeah. Friday. I believe they play a back-to-back, and then they have a day off. Or no, that would be, yeah, that would be two days off, and then they play the Celtics. I'm gonna go three and zero. I'm gonna go. They're gonna sweep the LA teams because I'm sorry, Isaac. The Lakers are not great. They're so. they're
0: they're bad. They're they're
1: bad on defense, Isaac. I've told you this before. I mean, we were in chat earlier. They got nobody to stop ball on the perimeter. So
2: yeah, it is Thursday, Friday. Cool.
1: Um, so cool. I think that's gonna happen. Um, I think we're going to beat the Lakers. I think we're going to beat the Clippers. Um, and then I think just like the Badgers, man, I think that Tuesday game, that's a, that's a, when you circle on your calendar, that's a team that deleted you from deleted you, uh, uh, (laughs) kicked you out of the playoffs last year. So that's one where you want a little bit of bragging rights. You want to know that you can win Mm -hmm. on your home court. So send a message. um, They, yeah, they, they won on their home court on Christmas day. So we're playing on, uh, Valentine's Day now, so I think it's time for us to win on our home court and kind of uh, establish that.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two and one. I know it's tough. I'm gonna say the Bucks' winning streak ends on Friday night because I think the Bucks are gonna rest guys that day. Oh, hmm. I can see. I see you there. I get that. There's a three-game or there's a three-day off without games in between Friday night and Tuesday, but they're in the West Coast. It's a second of a back-to-back. Giannis has been on the injury report with knee soreness and has been playing all the games, obviously, mm-hmm. but that game really just feels one where they're coming back from the West Coast on the back second of a back-to-back. I feel like that's a game where they could hold out Giannis, maybe Brooke. Um, Middleton, maybe. Middleton maybe, or you know, maybe he'll just be another twenty minutes, um, and I think that's where the Clippers will be kind of looking to bounce back from some of their not great stretch. But um, if the Bucks, if the Bucks don't rest anybody that game, I'll also say three and zero. But I feel just kind of the way that the schedule is working out. I feel like that's a game where they're going to sit guys, and the Clippers could potentially steal one from the Bucks. So that's where I'm at with that. <laughs>
1: well, the Bucks are coming off a. Uh... Long rest already going to that Lakers game, Isaac.
2: They probably could have just, you know, rested last night. They were all way more worried about the record than winning, clearly.
1: Wow. I saw some things about Anthony Davis that I did not like, and it's true.
0: Yeah. Sorry.
1: Anthony Davis, when he first went to the Lakers and they won that title right away, and he was showing that he could shoot threes, he could block shots. Mm -hmm. His ceiling and – you know, the people's thoughts, opinions on him was like, he's a top five player. Right. And absolutely, when he is going, he is a top five guy. Like, I'm not going to yep. argue that. Yep. guy can handle the rock, he can shoot it, he plays defense. Yep. But the last couple of years, man, I'm going to tell you, his, he's taken some hits from a personal standpoint. Yep. And that photo last night of him sitting on the bench looking salty and he did not play good. You know, after your LeBron broke the scoring record, I'm like, yeah. the body That's language. Look. That's a bad look, man. And he may not have meant it that way, but dude, you got to understand. First of all, you play for the Lakers. Okay.
0: Right.
1: A lot of people watch the Lakers. Okay. They're like the Cowboys of the NBA. Second of all, you're you're breaking the scoring record. So even more people are watching.
0: Right. You're playing the
1: same team as LeBron, dude. <laughs> like, right. get some goddamn perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Fix your body language, man. That, that was bad. Yeah.
2: So I'm going to address Isaac's real yeah, his two comments to end the show. Um, he was playing well before his injury, as well this year. Stop us yeah, if you've heard true. this before. That's true. And the other one is I heard D Rose might be headed to the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are inquiring slash interested. I don't think there's any framework of a deal. Um, I think Jay, uh, Jay Crowder is far more likely. That and ends up on the box, so.
1: I'm cool. With you. there's a All lot right, of man. Pat stays.
2: You got yeah. Pat stays. Pat stays. That's not a if. That's a statement. Pat stays. Yes. Pat stays. All right. You got anything else?
1: Um. No, I'm good. I'm good. All righty.
2: Uh, so be sure to tune in Friday night. We're going to be doing a Packers show this week. Uh, it's going to be Simon, Bryant, Jake, and myself. We're going to be doing four ways to fix the Packers. So we're each going to have four more (coughs) to make, uh, four decisions to fix the Packers going into 2023. We're also going to discuss what we think is a a consensus trade package for Aaron Rodgers, just because it's something that's going to be affecting our draft series, which I'm going to put the schedule out for probably either after the show tonight or early tomorrow morning. Um, And we'll have that posted so people can see when we're going to be talking about which parts uh, which positions of the draft and when we're going to be doing that. So thanks everybody for watching us tonight. You can catch us again on Friday. And if you don't watch the show live or you can't catch the show live or you miss half of it and you want to listen to the whole thing, you can do that on podcasting apps or on YouTube. So you can catch the whole show if you miss it. So thank you guys for watching and commenting along and sure. I will see you Friday.
1: Yep. See you Friday, buddy. All right. Take care.